Welcome to Akasha Talks, a podcast on consciousness, healing, and different ways to interact and weave those together, both old and new, to be able to get the most out of your life. I'm your host, Lance Baker, coming to you from Newcastle, Australia. Hope you kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, Kathleen Lester. I've got you on here today to talk about your work with animals and Reiki. I've heard you've done some fantastic work with this and built a business and some research around getting the most out of animals using energy healing. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what your main work is that you do? Sure. Uh, My name is Kathleen Lester and I run the Animal Reiki Alliance here in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I primarily do work with animals and also their humans. Um, I've been also doing research around animal Reiki and Reiki in general to try to demonstrate the effectiveness of it because it's the thing that's the hardest of getting and engaging veterinarians. Um, In addition, I also do animal communication and I've got clients um, here in the U.S. and Baltimore, Maryland internationally as well. Excellent. So could you tell me a little well, for the people at home who, who don't know what Reiki is, generally if they've met me, they have because I don't stop talking about it. But <laughs> would you like to, to actually say what your definition of, of Reiki is and what you're, you're doing with animals? Sure. Reiki is um, energy healing and it allows the um, practitioner who has their own spiritual practice to serve as a conduit for the universal life force energy that then is transferred to client, whether it be a tree, a dog, a cat, a a person. And that energy then brings balance to the animal or human or tree's energy body, allowing the body to heal itself. So the physical body knows what to do. It's the imbalance in the energy body that creates illness and disease. Yeah. What research have you done with Reiki and animals so far? Uh, So far, I've done, I've researched all of the articles that I could find. I've read them all and come up with an analysis. I wrote a book um, on the research and it talks about the research of energy healing in general, as well as the research on Reiki. Um, Most of the research on Reiki is with humans or laboratory animals. There are no clinical studies yet with animals. And so the book is really about mostly the benefits of Reiki for humans and laboratory animals. And so far, the demonstrated effectiveness is reducing pain and inflammation. And it could be chronic disease. Um, It could be post-surgery. It could be injury. Um, Reducing anxiety, which allows animals to, you know, be more relaxed in the veterinary setting and allows them to be the veterinarian to have a much better exam to get a real good picture of what's going on. Because when they're stressed and panicked, um, it's really hard to get a a good diagnosis. It also maintains health and prevents illness. And it also improves the well-being of not only the client, but the practitioner. So one of the interesting findings I found was that the Holistic Nurses Association has done a lot of research on Reiki and the benefits to the nurses who are actually practicing Reiki with the clients has been significant. So I would love to get this into the veterinary hospitals because the veterinarians are very stressed. They have high stress jobs and uh, they're expected to do the work of, you know, a whole hospital staff. Sometimes it's just a veterinarian in the clinic and a vet tech and they're expected to have all the answers. 
where in modern medicine we have, you know, specialists. I don't know how many specialists there are for the heart. There's probably 50 specialists for the heart, which is just one organ in our body. And veterinarians are expected to have all those answers. So I would love to see this in the veterinary setting where the veterinarians can gain the benefit of offering Reiki as well. Yeah. I personally have noticed a big difference on that side of things. I can attest to what it does when you're just doing Reiki for somebody else. I first learned Reiki to try and help a little bit with a migraine I had that was 24-7 for nine and a half years. And within a week and a half of learning Reiki, where I was pretty much just working on other people, that migraine disappeared completely. Uh, So I wasn't even attempting to use it on myself yet. I was just practicing and building up the skill to start to use it on myself. And it fixed the problem because it was coming through. Exactly. So I I definitely do agree. And uh, I've had a few clients that have seen me for stress that have been people who work in a veterinarian hospital. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> I can tell they do need that. <laughs> yes, it's a high-stress job. Mm. And so, one of the main things you work with with animals personally, is there something you specialize more in or it's just all sorts of things like anxiety or physical things? or It's all sorts of things. Right now, at least in the U.S., Reiki is not mainstream. Um, acupuncture has come mainstream. Reiki is working its way there. So a lot of times I will get last ditch effort, you know, they've tried everything else and uh, nothing else worked and can this help them? I do get a lot of clients who have pain. I do a lot of work during surgery, post-surgery, a lot of anxiety and animals reflect the humans in their household too. So a lot of the anxiety is the animals reflecting back to the humans. And so in those situations, it's always very interesting to be able to work with the human and the animal because when I'm there in the house, Reiki's going to the humans in the house as well as the animal that I'm working with because Reiki knows where to go. It's the universal life force energy and it just knows where to go. So oftentimes after I work with an animal, the human will ask me to come and do a session with them. In fact, I had a recent client who called me and she said that she uh, had adopted a dog from the shelter and it was an older dog and it wouldn't stop barking and she wanted me to come and do a Reiki session before she returned it to the shelter. She wanted it relaxed before she returned it to the shelter. And so I went over there and I did the Reiki session and she felt it too. And she then sort of realized that it was her response to the dog barking. And it was her anxiety that was more the issue than the dog barking. And so we came up with some solutions. And the next time I came, I did a session with her and it was very sweet she actually, I was sitting on the floor with the dog doing the session. And then she came and she said, I'd like a session too. And she laid down on the floor with the dog and they curled up together and they had a Reiki session. It was very sweet. Um, so I do a lot of stuff like that and ends up working with the humans as well as, as the pets. Yeah. Do you find after people have seen the difference with their pets that they actually want to start to learn how to do some Reiki themselves so they can give that to them, their pets afterwards? Yes, absolutely. And uh, especially for people with chronic issues who have a a pet with a chronic issue, I actually recommend that they come and learn it if they're willing, Um, just because it's going to be a lot easier and cheaper for them to be able to offer Reiki to their pet than to have me do it. Because in those chronic situations, it's usually weekly or biweekly that's necessary to keep the pet going. Mm. Yeah, it can 
can cause a very clear response. I know a couple of Christmases ago, I was visiting my family and my dad's best friend is is Jack Russell and he's getting old now, The both of them, <laughs> but mainly the dog is what I'm talking about. So his favorite thing to do as a Jack Russell is to expend energy and chase a ball and run and walk and all the rest. And this Christmas, he would he was just hobbling around because he's got arthritis and my parents have got a sunken living room so it's like drops down a step and that's his favorite place to play and normally you throw the ball down the hallway and he runs up the step and goes and gets the ball and comes back if the ball went over that step he just went back to his bed uh, and he'd only like just trot over to it and pick it up and slowly come back and maybe do that twice Uh, and dad said if he was going for a walk he was going out to the front pee in the yard, maybe he'd feel adventurous and cross the road and poo in the neighbor's yard and come back and that was about it. I was asked if he'd be happy if I did some healing on him. So the dog was laying there, he was twitching a hell of a lot as soon as I started doing Reiki. That night, he was chasing the ball. Up and and isn't that wonderful? Uh, yeah, and after I left, Dad took him for a walk and he just kept going further and further. Dad thought, oh, I'm going to have to carry this dog home because he's going to revert back pretty soon he didn't but just seeing that difference straight away within hours of doing reiki my dad was actually interested in learning then so that he could heal his dog because it's best friend but he as far as i know he's only used it on the dog not for his own health (laughs) 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 he He can't uh, control what other people do (laughs) (laughs) i found that a real amplify to show how much it works with animals and how much somebody who cares about their animal will will uh, open up to what they're not previously as excited about for something for seeing the purpose and, and using it now pretty much every time i'm there that dog is by my side to get more healing when he was younger when he was a, a little pup i tried doing reiki on him and he did not want it he had more than enough energy <laughs> to try licking my hand instead or try to get a rub. Yeah. Well, they know. I mean, they know when they need it and they know when they don't need it. And it also could be wherever you were in that, you know, in that process. I've had animals refuse me and it could be, you know, I had something going on that was, um, you know, not, I, I wasn't 100%. And so the animals are like, eh, you know, not so much today. Thank you very much. Or... You know, maybe they just didn't feel that they needed it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he never felt like he needed it for quite a long time. Now, he pretty much is always asking for it. (laughs) Now he knows. Yes. One thing I haven't been able to do that I've I've seen you can do is communicate with animals. Yes, I've been communicating with animals as well as Reiki. They sort of go hand in hand. Um, Yeah. Communication started coming through for me during Reiki sessions, and then Mm -hmm. I learned animal communication, and um, I do a lot of animal communication as well as Reiki. How sort of clear of a communication can you get with that? Well, the communication is interesting because with Reiki, I'm just sharing something, and they're Mm -hmm. taking what they need from it. With communication, animals... Uh, communicate telepathically in thoughts, feelings, pictures, images. And so when those come into me, then they come in through my filter. 
So then yeah. I have to interpret them. It's not a clear conversation like they don't speak in sentences. Telepathic yeah. communication is, like I said, thoughts, feelings, visions, emotions, things like that. So sometimes I'll get an overwhelming feeling of, you know, nausea or overwhelming feeling of sadness or sometimes I'll get pictures of something you know one dog showed me he had a leaky gut and he showed me his intestines and he the visual of it I could see it and I shared that information with the pet parent and they went to the vet and sure enough he had leaky gut syndrome and they changed his food and they're handling the situation differently now because they have different information so it My filter is different than other people's filter. I have an animal communicator friend who actually her filter is cartoons. So when she gets communications, what she sees in her mind's eye is cartoons and she's able to interpret the information that way. I do not see cartoons. Um, I I get different. I'm mostly visual is my, and sometimes I hear things as well. um, And sometimes I get overwhelming feelings. With that, is there an example you can give of where, the the animal actually communicated some sort of emotional thing that ended up making a change in their life when you communicated that to the owner? I mean, there are times when, you know, an animal has had stomach cancer and felt nauseous and I've had this overwhelming feeling of nausea and been able to explain that because I've seen the tumors as well, plus the nausea, and then they go get checked and, you know, they find out and then they're able to treat it especially emotional issues. Oftentimes, you know, animals will be sad if something happened in the home. For example, I was traveling with some friends and um, working. Uh, Her father-in-law was passing away and um, she wanted me to tune into the dog because the the father-in-law was in the hospital and not at home. And I tuned into the dog to communicate with it. But at the same time, the dog just showed me an overwhelming sadness that he had. And so I was able to communicate to the dog what was going to happen after his person um, passed away and that they were going to bring him to the hospital to say goodbye. And that um, I was I told was able to tell him who was going to take him and, and who he was going to be with. And then he he settled down. But he was an older dog and he had a lot of, you know, he was really sad to lose his human. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly understandable. And so, with all this passion for animals, where did that all begin to to lead you to to working so much with animals? Well, I grew up on a horse farm um, and showed horses as a child. And so, we had all kinds of animals on the farm. We had cows and horses and dogs and cats and bunnies and you name it, we had on the farm. So, I've always loved animals, always had an affinity for them and always been able to communicate with them, kind of like you. I mean, when I walk into a room, animals kind of, you know, want to be near me, and I want to be near them. And so when I started down the Reiki path, I I didn't really have a plan. And what sort of happened is I had received some bad information about how to approach animals. And then I got the same information from a second person, and I thought, well, if it's really that different in how you approach animals and people, then this needs to be known. Um, So that's kind of what led me down the animal path, my love for animals and also making sure that, you know, their wishes were respected. So for example, when you approach animals, you don't put your hands anywhere near them. A lot of people think that Reiki is hands-on healing and with animals, it's hands-off healing. 
the difference really is, you know, when I work with an animal, I'm sitting on the floor and the animal starts the session when they want to and they end the session when they want to and they're sort of moving around me. And when, a, when I'm working with a human, they're lying on the table. I start and stop the session and I'm moving around the table. Uh, so it's, it's different in how we approach them. But I wanted to make sure that people were clear because people were saying Reiki didn't work and things like that because their animals weren't responding and they weren't doing it right. They were walking in and putting hands on. And I've got lots of people come to my classes and say, you know, I, I know, I know, I know. But they'd say, well, you know, I've been, I try to sit down and put my hands on my cat and he doesn't respond. And so I want to learn what I'm doing wrong. And so they come to class and they learn that, you know, approach your animals in that way. You basically sit in the middle of the room and let your animals decide what they want. You just share Reiki and let them take what they want from it. Mm, I'll do it with my hands directed towards them and they'll either move away or come towards and if, if they move away, then I go, well, I'll just leave you alone. Uh, <laughs> they come towards me, then then I'll have more. And, and that's how it is. And you quite often see that happen. First animal I really worked with, I had a bunny. It was a rescue bunny. It had been uh, it's given to me by a friend who was moving, but I don't know where she got it from. But it did not like to be touched. Like it freaked out if you touched it didn't trust humans and so I just stood a few meters away from it and did that its ears twitched and I hopped inside to let it be I kept trying <laughs> uh, and every time he sat in that energy for just that little bit longer and then it was he would come towards me and then when I was doing self-reiki he'd come and sit underneath me and he ended up coming that much that he'd come right to my hands and he'd let me pat him and was comfortable with humans touching him again and it healed whatever emotional Trauma was there without me having a clue, uh, just him getting natural and comfortable with that. Uh, sadly, it got undone because he, I had him free range. I didn't like putting him in a cage. He had the whole yard, but that was never enough for him. He wanted the whole world, <laughs> so he kept tumbling out. <laughs> and my neighbor was complaining, so I had to run down the road and catch him to bring him back. And he, after being caught at re-triggered whatever his trauma was of me grabbing him and carrying him um, and so he had his distance again you're starting to get better and i had to move so i moved to a place without fences i'm like well you're gonna have to go to a farm now buddy <laughs> i don't know what ended up happening of if he got over that again on his own or if he needed more healing i was not able to give it to him but well, you can send him some distance reiki Yes, yeah, I have. Uh, but you, it, it really helped show me that choice of mm -hmm. the animal and how much it can drastically make a difference to their emotional state and what they're comfortable with. Yeah, it heals on all levels. It's a wonderful tool. Mm. And so with how you said you, when you started Reiki, you started working with animals, what drew you to get into Reiki? Uh, I had my own life's journey and sort of ended up in a place that uh, I was asking myself, uh, how did I get here? And uh -huh. so then, you know, kind of moving around the world and I mean, literally Reiki books were falling off the shelf. Um, I had been receiving Reiki and acupuncture and a whole lot of things. And 
uh, I just sort of said, oh, okay. So I just kept going and getting Reiki treatments. And then one day my Reiki practitioner said, did you, do you want to learn Reiki? And I said, oh, I can't learn Reiki. And uh, she said, sure you can. And I said, okay. So I took level one and didn't really believe what was happening. And I decided to take level two. And I still don't know why, because I still wasn't understanding really what was going on. And I took level two <laughs> and then I started to get it. Um, and so I, I have a research background. So I've got a little bit of that, you know, mind getting in the way um, at first. And now I've completely left the mind away and uh, can practice Reiki without that. So that's kind of how I got there. Mm. And so where do you see it all going? Where's your aim and your hope for your pathway with this? My aim and my hope is to bring uh, Reiki into the veterinary setting. Um, that's really been my passion in the last 10 years since I started working um, in the business. I started the Animal Reiki Alliance almost 10 years ago. And so the research um, has been helpful. I've gotten another journal article published and uh, I am uh, teaching in a couple of veterinary schools and I'm doing some webinars in a couple more veterinary schools this month, in fact, hoping to, you know, get in for the spring semester. And then, um, you know, training veterinarians, working with veterinarians. So I have a veterinary Reiki site that's about to go up. That's just, it's more informational to help veterinarians and people understand um, how Reiki might help them and also, you know, a big list of the research because veterinarians are very science oriented and they want to see it and it works. And then the last thing I'm doing in that um, regard is I'm working on a study. Um, I have a clinic. I can't name the clinic at this point because it's not a done deal. Um, but in the works with any luck, uh, we will be starting to do case studies uh, in November and December. We will put a proposal in in january and with any luck we'll be funded i'm pretty sure we will get funded because there are no animal clinical studies so this will be the first so right. it'll be with tplo surgeries fantastic that'll be exciting have you got a, a set plan of what sort of things you're going to be working with on that case study or is it just what shows up in the clinic or Oh, for the case studies, we're going to do the TPLO surgeries as well um, to get some case studies to add to our proposal before we submit in January. Yeah. Okay. So the proposal's prepared and I'm just waiting for the final meeting with the veterinarians and then to start with the case studies so we can add them to the proposal. Yeah. Is there any one kind of animal you specialize in or it's just anything with four legs? <laughs> <laughs> anything with four legs or two legs or wings or uh, uh, scales. Uh, we, we work with all kinds of animals. So, yeah. Do you find it's more effective on one than another or it's just universally as good all around? Or? It's good when the family's interested in also uh, being part of it. When I do distance work, you know, I share Reiki with the house as well, but it's more effective in person when I'm there because everybody in the house is getting something. But if the animal, it's like, uh, I don't want to, if, you know, if you keep putting an animal back in the same house where everybody in the house suffers from anxiety, Reiki's only going to help so much. Yeah. Um, Reiki will continue to help the animal if you have ongoing sessions, but it's not going to, it's not going to get over the anxiety because it's reflecting back that anxiety to the pet parents. So if the pet parents don't do something about their anxiety, it's 
not a cure-all for that. But for animals or families where they do want to do the work, um, it's absolutely, you know, beneficial for everything from anxiety to pain management. I have uh, cases where I have have a lot of kidney cases where, you know, animals were given a couple weeks or a month to live and their kidneys were failing. Um, And Reiki on a weekly basis has been able to, you know, reduce the medications, give them quality of life. I even have one dog that actually lived three years after being given a two month, you know, was probably going to transition in two months. So, but there is no research to support that. Um, So at some point I'd like to engage in that research as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be amazing. And so with the teaching you do, you teach human Reiki as well as specific animal Reiki classes? No, I just teach animal Reiki classes um, and animal communication classes. The animal Reiki classes are similar to the human Reiki classes. I mean, you have to go over the basics of Reiki. I mean, there's a foundation that has to be covered. But I weave in, you know, how the technique could be used for animals or, you know, why this self-practice actually is going to be a wonderful tool when you work with animals or how animals factor into it, how to meditate with your pet. You know, just breathing in sync with your pet is a wonderful tool for connecting with them or an animal that you're going to their house to work with that you've never met before. So, yeah, I just teach the animal Reiki and animal communication. Okay. And that's open to, to everybody, not just veterinarians? Yeah, it's open. Anybody can take the classes. I'm probably going to start having a veterinarian class in spring because I think veterinarians would probably prefer to learn among veterinarians as opposed to the general public. And I think that they also want to know the science behind a lot of the things um, and how Reiki works and what Reiki is effective for. So I think putting a class together that would focus um, more heavily on the research would hopefully, you know, engage them more. Yeah. And so how different is a class for animals compared to the classes you did for humans? Uh, The human classes focus on a lot of um, the hand positions and the symbols and things like that. And those are tools to help the practitioner set their intention. Animal Reiki classes, because you can't put an animal on a table and do hand positions to help you set your intention, you've got to use other tools to help you set your intention. There's several Japanese techniques that are great for that, like the Jashin Kyokyoho, things like that, that help you breathe into your hara and share the Reiki in a, in a very gentle way that engages the animals without using your hands at all. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And is there anything you could give as a tool for somebody if they do know how to do Reiki, that if they've got a pet, they, they want to heal of something they can, they can try at home? after listening to this to to connect better with their pet or to give it a bit of healing? Sure. Um, The first thing is, you know, to sit quietly um, and to become Reiki. Um, You're not giving anything to the animal. You're just sharing the universal life force energy. You're just a conduit. Um, You don't need to be near the animal or touch the animal. Uh, The animal can move freely around you and it's okay if they're in another room. I had a dog who um, is no longer with me, but uh, she taught me that, uh, you know, she didn't want to be anywhere near me when I was sharing Reiki with her. She wanted to be about eight feet away and that was okay. So allowing the animal to be however they want to be 
in that energy because sometimes it's just too much for them. Some of the, them are very sensitive. They're much more sensitive than we are. And honoring that is, um, you know, our gift to them. So some simple techniques would be just to sit and to share Reiki. I mean, I loved your example of doing yourself healing and the dog would come up to you because then the dog's taking what the dog wants because you're being Reiki when you're doing healing for yourself and you have no intentions directly for him. So you're not saying I'm giving you this, um, but it's just about being Reiki. And that's the key to working with animals. You can start by simply meditating, breathing in sync with them. So those are a couple of things that they can do to get started. Fantastic. If people want to find out more about your work, read the, the research work you've done, whereabouts can they go to find that? Uh, TheAnimalReikiAlliance.com um, or it's www.AnimalReikiAlliance.com. And I'm not sure what the URL for the Veterinary Reiki site will be, but it'll be up soon and I'll have a link to it from my webpage. Okay. And if somebody from outside of the area wants to, to get some healing for their animals, you're happy to work by distance? Absolutely. Yeah, I have clients in multiple countries. I've had students come from all over the world to take my classes. So, yeah, we do. We, we work with everybody. Fantastic. I'll have that link in the show notes so everybody can, can contact you. And when you get that extra new site up if you send me that i'll update the show notes so if somebody's listening to this six months a year from now they'll be able to find that straight away oh wonderful thank you so much thank you thanks for the chat uh, it's it's been lovely and i'm sure there's been some people at home that have been listening to this that have uh, got some exciting ideas for what they can do with their animals have work they could do themselves or to connect with somebody like yourself to give their their pets an extra chance in a different way yeah wonderful and thank you so much happy to have you on (laughs) thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and perhaps learned something new if you did i'd love for you to subscribe or drop a review on whatever favorite podcast you have or if you've been enjoying the video versions on youtube or facebook do it there If something really did click home for you with this episode, perhaps it could benefit one of your friends or family. If so, it'd really help if you shared this on your social medias. Until next time, you've been listening to Akasha Talks with Lance Baker.